Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell. We are coming fresh off the end of the Colorado Vegas series, uh, and we are getting ready for the Final Four. So uh, we start the Final Four on Sunday afternoon, it sounds like. Um, We're not entirely sure what that schedule looks like. It probably comes out as we do the show. Um, But we're just getting ahead of things, you know, for your Friday morning commute or for your, you know, general listening. Uh, So, DJ, how you doing? Uh, And I mean, let's talk about that Vegas, Colorado series, because what an incredible bout of hockey we saw. First off, I mean, it's funny. You literally were saying that and I got a Twitter notification and the schedule just came out. Um, But yeah, what a game. Uh, I mean, it was it was one of those games that had so much anticipation and hype. And I know we talked about being the game of the year and we liked the over and all that stuff on the Mayo media network. And uh, yeah, it, it worked out very much in that favor. I was hoping for the comeback from Colorado, but just didn't end up getting there. It, it seemed like they were getting chances in the third. Wasn't going in. Flurry was kind of floundering around at, at the points. And I was like, come on, get a chance here. And uh, Carrier gets the, the the first one and then Pacioretty finishes it off on the empty netter. So we don't get game seven there. And we move forward, though. Um, so the first game is Sunday at 3, the Islanders at Tampa. And we're going to start there. Um, is there anything you want to say about the uh, Vegas-Colorado series before we get there? Um, no, I mean, just like reiterating just how awesome that was. Um, Vegas is getting so much uh, from their defensemen. So being able to capitalize on that from a DraftKings like, showdown perspective was super nice. I took down the 111. Uh, only 63 people. It's so not like a huge GPP or whatever, but it was the main big GPP. So it feels good to actually finish first uh, for once in my goddamn uh, season. Um, so pretty happy about how that went. Um, and then the, the last thing is I just wanted to air a personal grievance because uh, apparently the series that you mentioned, we got the schedule for. So Monday night and Wednesday night are both in Vegas. Um, so what that means, a later game, meaning if we record, you know, the, oh, yeah. the night wow. before the for the Tuesday, Thursday games, we basically have to do it smack dab in the middle of hockey. So, like, we'll try. you know, well, it, it's it'll be nine o'clock, though. I mean, we could try to get it in before then if possible. But that's true. That's true. Before it's nine. Possible. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Um, anyway, I, I just wanted to mention that because I thought that was yeah, funny. That it was just funny. Because it did work out perfectly. Like yesterday, the game was at 730. We had the Mayo show and we were, you know, game ends we're on and it's just like all right um anyway yeah i mean the thing is i'm not fully expecting these two series to go to seven but if they go to six (laughs) at least we get a little taste of both of them Uh, but yeah no we can we can get right into it Uh, 3 p.m on sunday is going to be game one on nbc for the islanders at tampa bay i mean i can't imagine there's going to be a lot of touts that are going to be touting the islanders but i don't think many people touted them to beat boston and they got it done and you know while some games weren't pretty um they found ways to score. Uh, you can blame Tuka Rask. You can blame the refs. You can blame, you know, say the Saints are marching in all you want, but they got it done. Game six, they look like the better team. Um, I mean, that was apparent out there. That was really, I don't think anyone could argue it. And and even though Tuka made maybe one bad play that led to a goal, and, you know, you could argue he could have made a save here or there. You know, the Islanders won that game handily. So with all of that going into, you know, all of the momentum, everything you could you possibly imagine – Going into play, you know, the buzzsaw lightning who shut down the Hurricanes. Um, what is your overall thoughts on the series and, and what are you excited for for game one? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I'm really uh, not even excited to see, but I'm interested in 
if Nikita Kucherov can take over the series. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we, we've said it a few times, he doesn't quite look like the Kucherov of old, where, you know, he was the guy getting all the shots, like, and creating the offense, of course, but he was like the main shooter, you know, for the last few years. And since he's come back, he's just not been the main shooter. Um, part of that's gone to Braden Point. Part of that's just been them being outshot in most games uh, so far in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, it, this does sort of seem like, you know, if there's going to be a chance for the Islanders to take it, um, it's it probably because they're going to get maybe as many chances as Tampa will. And, you know, last year that wasn't really the case. Like Tampa was like complete, complete buzzsaw, just sort of, you know, uh, took care of business. I think they took them out in six last year. Um, and, and, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, Barzell, um, Cal Palmieri's on a heater. Like I'm just kind of excited for both these series now. Um, just, you know, just given the way that the Islanders took what could have been a pretty bad <laughs> uh, series between them and Boston and sort of made it kind of fun. Um, you know, th- this isn't your mama's Islanders. I said during the first round and the second round, it wasn't great hockey, but it was good enough. And I think uh, this one could be pretty fun uh, here. So yeah. I think Kucherov is the main spot, but where are you looking? I mean, it is kind of funny you say like he hasn't looked as good. He's three points up on the lead for points in the playoffs. <laughs> right, I know. But what right. I find, you know, fascinating, and normally we don't get this macro as far as like individual points for the, the in the past. And, you know, it, it does matter though. And now with, you know, seeing the landscape of everything, um, if you look at just players remaining, we have Kucherov, just in order of um, re- remaining players that are in the playoffs still in points. Kucherov, then Stamkos then Peugeot, then Point, Kalorn, Bailey, Bavillier, Hedman, Nelson, and then we get to Defoli, and the game from Vegas hasn't added in yet, so Carlson actually probably has uh, one more now to tie Bavillier and them, but I, I mean, you see it's all Tampa Islanders before we get to, to Defoli, and Vegas has spread the wealth so much that it, it does kind of make me think, man, they're really driving offense through a couple different lines, and obviously you heard that the entire um, line one and line two for Tampa Bay pretty much. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I do think that's going to factor in for these showdown slates and you're going to yeah. want to get those correlations because they're all feeding each other um, very, you know, convincingly um, that first power play for Tampa has been so good that it's just been all of those guys. I mean, he could is 12 points tied with Braden point. I mean, he does that because that power play has been so freaking good. Um that he's just you know bucking into assist and, and he's scoring um, in big situations. So I do think for the showdown slates, when you're getting into the Tampa series, it's going to be trying to get, you know, you, you have to pick, I mean, you're going to have to play mm-hmm. which line am I taking and you're going to get value from the Islanders, especially I think guys like Pelic might still be underpriced. Yep. Um, but, you know, I think in, in, in a macro or uh, yeah, I don't even know whatever level you want. Everything's pretty much micro at this point. Um, Kucherov's going to be hard to fade. But I do think that a lot of my lineups are going to be having Vasilevsky in, in the captain, just because I think the Islanders are going to try to produce shots. Um, if you watch the games, they, I would say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, I think the Islanders in Tampa try to play somewhat similar as far as when they're in the offensive zone, and Tampa's just better at it. And I think the Islanders are going to have to change that mentality if they want a chance in this one. Um I mean, you know, I don't really, really want to get too like into the nuts and bolts. Like, oh, they're going to try and do this and do that and X's and O's because, you know, we're not coaches or whatever. But um, I do kind of feel like that, um, like what I'm picturing is Matt Barzell playing on the boards to set up the uh, 
I think it was Palmieri's goal in game five where, yeah, I mean, that's, that's Tampa hockey or sort of dragging the puck between your feet along the boards, you know, the defenseman's grabbing at you and they can't, they can't fish it out. And all of a sudden, Oh, look at that. It's a two on one, you know, with Braden point and Kucherov or whatever, because, you know, they, they just are so shifty and so strong on the puck and so creative and good at stick handling that like, yeah, I, I sort of picture both those teams sort of fitting that mold very tightly. Um, both the teams definitely do want to cycle. Um, you know, maybe Bovillier's line is a bit more of the on the rush. Um, but Barzell's, you know, that's sort of exactly what I'm picturing in terms of Braden Point and Kucherov where, yeah, he's going to get low. He's going to um, cycle. He's going to, you know, uh, get his chances in really small areas. And, you know, I, I think that's where the series could be won or lost on the Tampa front because, I don't know if Chernak and Savard um, and who, who's their other lefty or righty defenseman. I, I can't even, I guess Sergachev plays over there. I think. Um, I mean, they, they have four in those. Big Ruda, Ruda. Yeah, it's, Ruda, Ruda, but yeah. yeah. Chernak, Savard, Ruda, like none of those guys feel like they can keep up with a, you know, fully engaged shifty, whatever Matt Barzell, um, and, you know, so maybe that's an area where the Islanders can take advantage um, so just from a statistical standpoint, like you mentioned Kucherov in 11 games, he only has five even strength points. Um, like his entire production has come on the power play. He has 13 power play points in 11 games. So, you know, Carolina's power play was the best in the league and got absolutely torched. So th- there might be, a, you know, just something that you can't stop this. Um, however, Barry Trotz, uh, <laughs> You know, I wouldn't put anything past him in terms of scheming something up to stop it. So uh, maybe we get that. Maybe the New York Saints, as they're called, just don't take any penalties. They were the least penalized team in the league, as everyone learned this week uh, in the regular season. So maybe that Tampa power play isn't able to sort of, you know, take over the series like it has against Florida and Carolina already. Um, so just a couple other notes. You already mentioned Adam Pellick. He's been an incredible rate shooter. Um, so, you know, when you're talking showdown, when you're talking, maybe they'll do the two day slates, um, you know, like where you sort of have both games and it's just a slate every day, um, you know, multi-day slate. I think he's a really good value. Um, Mayfield been priced up a bit. I'm not too into that. And then Ryan Pollock obviously has been good defensively. Um, and then Jordan Eberle has been way too cheap from a showdown perspective for a guy playing top line and top power play with Barzell. So he's been like 6,200, which is just freaking egregious. Um, so I would jump on that early in the series um, and then, you know, see if they react to it properly as the series progresses. But yeah, anything else you wanted to mention here? Um, just as far as, you know, maybe like Tampa step guys like Ross Colton has become the random Tampa guy who's just incredible. <laughs> like. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, in Ross Colton's like eight to ten minutes of ice time, he he might be good. I yeah. I don't know. I mean, is Tampa Bay going to change it up a ton? I I doubt it. I mean, they they shut down Carolina, um, you know, and and that game seven, and I, I mean game six or was it five? Oh my God, was it five? They beat him in five, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, and, and that game five, and you know, you saw guys like Coleman and um, Gord getting you know the bulk <laughs> of the minutes towards the end there, and I don't think we're going to see that as much. But I do think that's going to be the I, – I, I actually, you know, it's hard to say because what line are they going to put that against at home? Um, you know, you look at the Carolina game and, um, you know, it, you probably have to go back a little bit. But let's just say, you know, we'll take the last matchup. You know, they, those guys 
basically blanketed anyone that could. They, they did spread it out a good bit. It wasn't like a, a hard, hard, hard lean. Um, the Ajo line primarily saw the point line, so it seems like they go best on best. But that's the problem with the Islanders. It's like, what is best? You would assume Barzal or but, but like the Nelson line has been so good. So I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'm going to get over matchup created. And I know that like you already kind of like, don't worry about the matchups too much anyways. Yep. Um, I wouldn't get overly involved with that. Like I'm, I'm kind of alluding to, or just like getting to, I guess. Yeah. Um, but especially for me, um, like the, the area that really was, I felt able to be capitalized on in that Islander series was, uh, Boston had no third pair. Like they just were yeah. so banged up defensively that it was Tenorti on the third pair. And it's just like, come on, like that's not an NHL pairing. Um, and at home, Trotz was able to get Barzell out against them pretty regularly. You know, they, they didn't play a ton of minutes, obviously, but like whenever they were, it, it wasn't Pajot, you know, the defensive guys sort of eating up those minutes. It was, you know, the, the Barzell line. There's just no situation like that with Tampa. They are deep, you know, they are loaded. Um, I, I would almost prefer it if, you know, guys go up against that crew drop line because I just don't buy their five and five success at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we haven't seen it. So until, you know, if we see it, I'm coming right off of it and going, all right, like Tampa's got this series in the bag, but until we see Kucherov sort of take over a game at five on five, like I'm that's, I think where I'm targeting uh, in that series. Yeah. So all that said, uh, what do you think happens here? Uh, let, let's do one bold prediction and then, of uh, you know your series prediction god one bold prediction i would say my oh god my i would say my boldest prediction let, let's let's try this out is that oh man all right I uh, think, do you want me to go first i i have a feeling i know what you're gonna go with um i don't think you do okay you go first you go first all right my bold prediction is that uh currently tied for second in the playoffs in goals, uh, trailing only Braden Point among players who are left. So Palmieri has seven uh, and Point has eight. My hot take, uh, by the way, Kalorn six, Brock Nelson six, Marcuso six, uh, and then Kucherov's name goes five and, you know, some other guys at five. My bold take is after these series is over, Kyle Palmieri will lead the NHL in playoff goals. That is, that is really bold. He's playing with, he's playing with uh, Pajot. He's getting power play run. He, he just he seems like he's clicking. So I think he's the sort of guy who, um, you know, I don't know what they do with the lines, like if Wallstrom comes back, but I think that he could really only help uh, in, the, in that case. So that's my take. And then as far as the series goes, I'll say Tampa, but in seven. I think this oh, one does go seven. long. Um, you know, I certainly reserve the right to change that after game one. Um, if we see it like, you know, 42 to 18 in shots. Yeah, but if you would have done that for Colorado, I mean, that was that's true. That was what all of the books did. They're like, oh my God, Colorado just isn't going to be stopped. And, yeah. and then game no, you're, two was like a little more even. So I, yeah, I'm, so you know, I think, I think my, my, you know, what, DJ, thing, you're right. You're right. Islanders in seven. Let's fucking go. Let's oh do it. God. Let's do all it. Right. Fine, Islanders in seven. I mean, well, when the Saints go march again, um, <laughs> I will. I will say my boldest take. Then I'll go with the Tampa side. I will go with Kucherov gets a hat trick in one of the first two games. Um, okay. I I think that he finds a way. I'm going to be captaining him in both nights um, for sure. Uh, just just to see what happens. I think he does find a way to get get a hat trick in there. And I think that at home, I, I'm just not buying the Islanders. You know, creating a too big of a matchup problem with them. Um, I think they'll find a way to get him out there against um, Sezikis and maybe even the Barzo line, which I don't 
perceive as the best dominant, almost if they get the puck on Barzal's stick. But if they can't get it there, then, you know, they could dominate that matchup. So Patrick Kucherov in the first two games at home, and I'll go with Tampa Bay in five. I think that Islanders steal one on the uh, at home. Varlamov gets like a 40 save freaking one goal against game. And then uh, Tampa takes care of business at, uh, in game five. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, I dig it. Like, uh, you know, that that's uh, a bold hat trick call. Uh, I can, I'm here for it. All right, let's get over to the next series. Keep this thing nice and short and sweet for you. Um, we have Vegas hosting the Canadians. Um you know, I don't even know where to start with this one. We obviously don't have these teams ever meeting in the playoffs. Uh, we we don't even have, what, we have two games from last year where they met. <laughs> um, six games overall where they've ever played against each other. So this will be one of the weirder series. Um, fortunately, we did get confirmation this week that the Canadian teams will be able to travel back and forth and the American teams obviously will be able to you know, travel to Montreal. Um, so the border shouldn't be an issue in this series, um, you know, barring anything wild in the world of coronavirus where, you know, oh, God forbid they shut down the borders again or something crazy like that, uh, which the NHL could be less scrambling still. I don't think that'll be a factor here. Fingers crossed, knocking on wood, everything I can think of. Um, but that said, I mean, Max Pacioretty taking on his former club, like, it doesn't get any better than that. Like, I mean, I don't know if anyone would have saw that coming after the trade. Like, hey, in a few years, uh, Suzuki and Patches will be facing off for the right to play in the Stanley Cup final. Like, I mean, what a freaking uh, league. No, no one probably would have. <laughs> like, like yeah. Yeah, predicting that would have been like, like Stephen A. Smith would have done. Yeah, like, it would have been like, <laughs> they, they play in different Fictions, yep. like what? <laughs> right, right, right. That would have been Stephen A. Smith. I got the Canadians against Vegas two years from now. People are like what? Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's completely wild. We'll never see anything like this again, hopefully. And um, yeah, I mean, everyone is going to say Vegas in under six games. I I can't imagine we get too many hot takes. Uh, you are you are looking at Carey Price being, uh, you know, Dominic Hasek esque, and he's been you know really freaking good. Um, to have a chance at winning this series. Uh, I, I, you know, I like Vegas here, obviously. Um, they are going to push tempo as much as possible. Montreal is going to try to stifle it, but I just don't even know what Montreal is going to do here um, as far as like, what are going to try to shut down the Patriotty stone line? It's like uh, Vegas can roll two others. And the fourth line had two goals in, the, in, you know, in game six against Colorado. And not that they're going to do that every night, but I, I do think they have enough depth on, on the, at least the second line and, and then somewhat in the third to create matchup problems. But I mean, what it really comes down to with Vegas is just how incredibly good their defense was and, and still is. I mean, Martinez looks so freaking good and he is far and away the third best defenseman on this team. Uh, it, it's, it's staggering. Um, so obviously I, I, I think Vegas has the edge here. I, I mean, I, you could try to talk yourself into Montreal if you want to get crazy. Um, but I don't see any way, Montreal outside of two unbelievable carry price games and a Marc-Andre Fleury meltdown could have a chance to win this series. Um, is there anything that you really want to get to with this series? It's so hard to talk about, but like, was there anything you want to get to to, to start it off? Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, the first thing I do want to mention is we just got uh, the Vegas lines posted for the series. So um, yeah. Tampa's a minus 250 favorite in their series, uh, you know, to be expected. Vegas is a minus 
400 favorite. If you like Montreal, you can get plus 315 on that series line, which is just crazy. I mean, I don't know who would have, you know, like uh, that's, that's a pretty substantial advantage. Um, But uh, I'm right here for it. Like, you know, it's very much so going to be the case in my opinion that Vegas just, you know, handles this one pretty easy. Um, Maybe five games, something like that, you know, and and to me, it just comes down to the, the finishing talent. And it's weird because Vegas, you know, compared to most teams in the league, isn't a great finishing team. But Montreal, I mean, is Corey Perry really going to be a goal scorer, you know, regularly? Is Joel Armia going to be able to sort of, you know, <laughs> uh, Swiss cheese this, you know, defense for Vegas and, you know, put up these shorthanded goals and everything else? Like, I don't think so. Um, yeah. You know, it, there should be a lot of shots going both ways. Like, I, I don't think that Vegas will be slowed by Montreal's sort of mentality to like stack the blue line and everything else. So I am sort of hoping that this is a sort of series where both goalies will be, you know, bordering on 30 to 35 saves in a night, uh, you know, mm-hmm. no overtime and all that. Um, just because, you know, I, I don't, I don't hate this Montreal club. I think they will play with enough tempo to make it worth sort of targeting them in DFS. Um, but a lot of that comes down to if Jeff Petrie is at full go. Sounds like he dislocated multiple fingers on his hand. He put off surgery in order to play out the rest of these playoffs. Um, so we'll see if that, you know, impacts his shot numbers, you know, something like that down the line here. Um, I'm certainly staying away from him. I feel like Shea Weber's almost a trap of sorts. Like I might just play guys like, you know, Eric Gustafson and, you know, Ben Chirot and like these cheap guys and just hope that they get a few extra minutes. Um, than you know what we normally see so but that's really the only thing that I'm looking to do on the Montreal side but do you think Cole Caulfield you know adds an element that maybe could help them score goals like that's the only uh, path I see toward the series being you know kind of close I mean that that is that is what he's supposed to be doing he hasn't scored yet but it's funny like if you would have told me like oh man like Cole Coffee hasn't scored yet. It feels like he has, um, you know, in the nine games that he's played, he's been very, very good. He's been shooting a ton. Um, you know, his shots per game have got to be, if not the best right up there. And he's still been, you know, held off the held off from scoring in any capacity. And um, I do think that his shooting ability has helped him, but that Suzuki goal that he passed on, I think, you know, everyone kind of thought he might end up taking the shot there and may have drawn the defenseman out, but, I don't know. Um, at, the, at the end of the day here, we're talking about a Montreal team that it's really hard to even try to put together like what you would do to stack them up um, in my eyes, because they spread it out. They spread out the power plays and I'm just not going to play that game. Um, I am maybe going to grab a piece here or there. Like you're saying at these cheaper guys, Shea Weber being a trap. I'm not sure if that's entirely true. Um, he's been fine to, to probably good, mm-hmm. but I don't really trust him to be a DFS asset as, at his price against Vegas. I would much rather get the Vegas defenseman yeah. and and not worry about it. And it's not going to be, you know, whatever should be a savings, but not much on Martinez. I think Martinez is a substantially better play. Um, so, you know, outside of a guy like Josh Anderson, who I think could be a bit of a steal here or there, just with his rate shooting, um, they're going to be mainly a stay away from me. I could, you know, see a path in, um, you know, a lineup that comes together with like a March. So Carlson that has like a Suzuki Caulfield, um, just hoping that maybe it ends up getting to overtime or something. Uh, I don't know, but 
I think that I'm more more than likely going to be assuming that Montreal is going to put the Dino line against Stone. And I actually do think that might make a bit of a difference, but I, I can't imagine the Stone line gets completely held up by, by Dino. So, yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it, it's tough because I feel, I feel like I'm talking myself in and out of stuff, but I really think at the end of the day, it just comes down to getting, you know, four or two stacks with probably Flurry involved, um, Vegas in, in showdowns. And then if you play the two gamer, I think that you're going to want to be taking two Vegas guys on defense and, and then making it work from there. That, that would be my overarching advice. Yeah. Um, I think the one piece that, you know, like, I mean, Lekkonen's been so good that, like, maybe he's a good one-off, like, in those sort of 5-1 builds. Um, he's, like, he's a guy who three, four years ago, you tell us, like, hey, Montreal made the conference finals and he's scoring a bunch of goals. And three, four years ago, we'd have been taking a bunch of shots. We'd have been like, yeah, of course. Like, Lekkonen has some of the best rates in the league, um, you know, and that just didn't persist over the next couple of years. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's back playing in a top line sort of shutdown line role and playing really, really well. So this might be the sort of post-hype uh, rebound that a guy like Arturi Lekkinen gets in the DFS, uh, you know, for, for you grinders out there like us who were, you know, on the Lekkinen train three, four years ago uh, when he was, you know, that, that up-and-coming guy with the awesome rate stats. He's probably a guy to, you know, buy, especially early in this series as we're trying to figure out like what these teams are going to do to stop one another uh, just because he's cheap. He has the safety of shots and he's been scoring goals. So he could even get you that, you know, uh, upside as well. So um, on the Vegas side, I'll just reiterate like the defensemen here are such freaking good plays. Yeah. Um, the three best teams at, you know, I think it was like two weeks left in the year when I pulled the data in terms of uh, opposing defensemen blocking shots. It was, Colorado, Vegas, Montreal. Those three teams had like insane multipliers in terms of like the average defenseman blocking shots against them. And it makes sense, you know, um, take a lot of shots from outside. Um, you know, you know, we saw it against Colorado, like Vegas. Wait, so just really quickly, like you're saying the step would be teams that play against them block more shots on average. Yes. So I'm making sure and that makes yes. a lot of sense for Vegas and Montreal. Cause we touted all year about how much your point guys shoot. <laughs> yeah. So yep. I, I, I wanted to make sure that, cause like you said, I feel like a lot of words yeah, um, that equal just that. Even, so I to make sure, you know, even on the, I guess on the Vegas, I even think a guy like tuck or patches, like, you know, they're just, they're trying to get the puck on up from anywhere. Uh, Gallagher yeah. sort of the same thing. Josh Anderson, um, you know, maybe to Foley to some extent, like it's not just a defenseman who have a shot first mentality, even if it gets blocked, like it, it's sort of a team wide thing, in my opinion. So um, that's, I think all I have. Um, if Petrie does miss the series, Brett Kulak probably gets the biggest boost, um, but I'm fully expecting Petrie to sort of yeah. tough it out and, you know, whatever he needs done, he'll get done in the off season um, for his hand. But just, just on the off chance, look for him in game one if Petrie's like not ready or something, because that's about the only thing uh, that's up in the air uh, that we know of. So do you have a bold prediction here for us? Yeah, I think uh, the, the boldest prediction I, I could give is that, it, um, um, you know what? You go first again. I like, I like when you go first. All right. My bold prediction is not something that I want to happen, but something that I just see happening right now. Carey Price goes five periods at home of shutout hockey. 
and they think that they have a chance to, you know, be back in the series. Let's say it's, you know, two nothing going into game three. Price shuts the door, has an insane shutout. Game five or game four looking the same way. And then in the third period, Vegas like kind of turns it on. They score a goal. They win the game or whatever. Uh, and then they close it out in five. So there's my bold prediction. Carey Price shut out in game three, uh, you know, hints at it in game four. And then Vegas for the rest of the time just owns them and does their thing. And Vegas in five. All right. I, I think my boldest prediction is that um, I, don't, I don't know how to word that. I, I, I'm going to say that if you took every game over, most of them will hit and maybe all of them. I don't know if I want to say all games over. Um, I think at least because price has been so good that maybe okay. he could find a way to get that done. Like you're saying, yep. so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take Vegas in four. I'm going to say three of the games go over. Put it okay, both. That's why I'm, I wanted to go second. Yeah, no, I'm going to uh, almost assure you that this, it might be an over five and a half, but if it is the plus will be juiced or the overall yeah. juice up the plus. Money, yeah. That's so. what I'm thinking. So I, I think it's going to be favorited for yeah. sure. And I think you said, so I, I think price could maybe tr- almost steal one game, but not even get it done. Like a, like a two to one and hey, overtime game. And then like the rest of them are just like five, three, six, two. Like I think the, the wheels fall off a little bit for price here when, when, you know, Vegas yeah, is just no, that's... all angles on them. Certainly, uh, certainly could happen. I sort of would expect the same, um, but we'll see. Uh, very excited to see what comes down the line here. Um, just the last, last, last thing I'll mention is if, you know, we're talking about the DFS contests and the showdowns will almost certainly be the premier contests. Um, you know, that they'll be the biggest money each night or whatever. But on the off chance that there is like decent prize pools in like the two day slates, um, just keep in mind that if you're building a lineup, say for like a Wednesday night and then Wednesdays, the Vegas Montreal and the next nights, you know, like Islanders Tampa, the Thursday game will be much lower owned because remember people are building their lineups in order to watch the game that night. So if you're playing a Wednesday two game, like two day slate, just do a game stack of the Thursday game and then just sort of do that. Like vice versa, like every day. Um, I did that a couple seasons ago to to really great success. Uh, Obviously, the bubble was a bit different, um, but that's sort of like the main thing that I think of. Um, And it comes from, you know, when you think of the NFL, when it used to be uh, all week or whatever, you play the Thursday to Sunday slate and the Thursday night game would always be super owned because people like want to watch it even when it's, you know, the Jags and Titans or whatever. I feel like you're trying to explain instant gratification right now. Like <laughs> you're, you're like, you'll um, never believe it, but people like to see themselves at the top of the leaderboard on Thursday. It's like, yeah, because they need to be gratified even though they don't win. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's very good use of psychology, Matt. I, I, have you read a book? Uh, I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's DFS 101, my, 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 my mere DJ. Um, I mean, I, I've actually read a DFS book. It didn't work, but I read it. <laughs> um, were you holding no, it the right? You're holding it upside down. Um, yeah. How else are you going to find the hidden code? Okay, I wasn't sure. Like, I know you Wait, were I working on Levitt, the, Who wrote that? Now it's going to bother me. Uh, Silva. It was the Bales book. It was Bales. Oh my God, yeah. Bales. I'm like, yeah. I'm like going in my head like through all the guys. Yeah, I read the Bales yeah. book. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, um, no. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Anyway. Reading is reading can help. I listen to books. I don't read them. I don't know how to do that. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I, that very very good point. I do think. I honestly, it, it's something I was gonna bring up on the Mayo show, and I just never got around to it. But I think sometimes when you know you get into this like like zone of like well, this is what I need to do to win because like these are the core of the ball. Like sometimes it just really does come down to just like 
taking a step back and like thinking about it, not from the DFS perspective, but like how people work perspective, that's a really good like way of doing things. Um, just to like look mm-hmm. at your process and say like, you know, I think this, uh, but you know, and, and these are different than normal plates. Like you got to think about them a little bit differently. So that was really good advice. Worth the listen, worth the right. price of admission. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so yeah, you know, like, like we said, we're recording this on, thursday night so you know hopefully you get to listen to this before sunday or whatever um and with that in mind like i mean best of luck in the third round i hope it you know goes well for all of you dj anything you want to cover before we get out of here um because i will just say this i'm pretty sure next week the only time we'll be hearing from us is on tuesday and thursday on the mayo media network Uh, i will actually be in california uh living my best life um for the week so you know maybe if there's like a game seven or something we might come back like early in that following week um but i'm not planning on it and you know we just wanted to get this out there for for a little bit of a preview the last one isn't it maybe we'll do one more i don't know yeah no that's what i'm saying like maybe we'll do like a cup final preview or something but yeah i mean this is this very well could be the last show of the season on the you know morning state podcast feed so yeah, next time you hear from us, Eichel will probably be on a different team and I'll, I'll, I'm just going to live with it. It's very true. All right. Well, if for some reason you're not already in the Morning Skate Podcast Discord, uh, you should be. DM one of us on Twitter or DM the podcast Twitter at Morning Skate Pod uh, if you want to be in on that Discord. Um, we'll say we have added a PGA channel that's pretty active we have an mlb channel um that's not super active but there's some pretty sharp people talking about what their strategies are and stuff um on certain days and if that's something you're interested in i'm sure you know the the people who are in the channel would love to sort of converse about um you know sports other than hockey so if you're looking for things to do this summer um that's certainly you know a place to come hang out and even if there's no hockey there'll be people to talk to and you know dfs to talk about um, myself, I've been playing a bit of tennis. I've, I'm going to get into the Euro soccer stuff. Um, if that interests you, I'm not sure if I'll be, you know, going like hard into it, but, you know, shoot me a message or, you know, post in the morning skate, like, Hey, I'm doing this. And maybe we can group up and do some research together as we try and, you know, figure out the non-hockey sports. Um, so just wanted to put that one out there and big thanks to everyone who has listened along all season. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I am at fake moods dj is at dj underscore mitchell 94 so anything else dj nope good time all right perfect yeah let's uh let's get on out of here so yeah have a good playoff series everybody from dj and from myself and then also from doug have your playoffs we will see you